This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. to your Thursday afternoon with myself, Lauren Jacobs. It's a voice of change time. Today on the show, I am joined by one phenomenal woman, Sarah Davison, Tracy. Now, Sarah is an amazing woman, whether traveling the globe or whether she's just in Colorado, her hometown, you know, with her husband, her children. She is always an impassioned human rights advocate and author, speaker. She's also the founder of Seeds of Exchange, as well as Rooted and Beloved. And Sarah was you know a person who like I said is that she is this person who is a human rights advocate and she was really in a space seven years ago where she met a group of women it's called the body woman from Nepal and once she connected with them once she heard their stories the body woman considered the untouchables of untouchables out in Nepal you know people who are born into a system where it's just seen as though you know if you're born into a certain group of people you're just not worthy of anything. You're just untouchable. When Sarah met these women and heard their stories, stories of kidnapping, stories of trafficking, stories of, you know, sexual slavery, she knew that God was speaking to her through her beloved, beloved sisters that she had just met. And that God was really speaking to her to go into their stories and to share life with them and to hear about these stories and then, you know, have a space to share those stories. Today, Sarah has written an incredible book, Sharing the Voice of of these incredible women through their stories, through storytelling of what they've experienced and how they are really challenging this system that still exists in Nepal. You know, the system of saying this one is untouchable, this one is, you know, part of the caste system. We cannot talk to them, communicate with them. We cannot even have a cup of tea with them. We can't use the same dishes as them. And these kind of culturally ingrained thoughts are happening right now in our world in numerous different countries. It's so important that we continue to talk about it because many, many people who are in that system and who live in countries where this culturally ingrained oppression and division occurs, are many of them are Christians. And many of them need and want their voices to be heard. So today on the show, we are inviting Sarah to share with us what led her to tell these stories. What do these stories look like? What is her sisters doing today? And how can we really understand what this really means? What does it really mean to be considered untouchable? How is this operating? Even though it's illegal still today in Nepal, why is this still continuing? So we're getting into some human rights, but we're also getting into the hope of Christ today. Because as Sarah is going to be sharing with us, it is about Christ and how he has come and worked in people's lives and what he is still going to do. It's going to be a great show. Don't go anywhere because Sarah is with me after this. Sarah, it's so good to have you with me today. I just am so, so inspired with the show that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Something really, really important. And I know that <laughs> we know each other for a very long time, for a couple of years. And what we're going to be sharing about today is so close to your heart. And so firstly, before we get into that, I want to welcome you to the space today. Thank, Thank you so much you. for sharing your voice and, and what you're going to be sharing the stories today as well with the listeners. I cannot wait for them to hear. So welcome to this show today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Looking forward to it with all my heart. (laughs) Me too. And Sarah, you know, 
I, you know, in the beginning, in the introduction, I was telling the listeners that you've written this incredible book, which we're going to, you know, get more into the book and, you know, your vision for that and what was happening. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mentioned to the listeners about the body people. And I want to stop there and say, this is, you know, something that I think we need to almost define because it's, it's easy to say, Oh, you know, people that are living in Nepal, they are experiencing this. These people are experiencing this. But could you tell us more about who the body people actually are and the things that actually confront specifically women and daughters, you know, sisters in that community, in those villages? You know, could you let us in on how, you know, who they are, what they experience on a day-to-day basis and you know, just almost break, give them that humanness to us, you know, break open that it's just a a term or title now that we're talking about, but who Mm -hmm. really are they? Yeah. Well, what's so great about this question is I just returned from uh, spending two and a half weeks in in Nepal and um, nearly a week of that time was in the far west of Nepal where uh, these body villages are. So I was there and at a wedding and dancing and Mm. feasting and talking. And so uh, my heart is more full than ever with deep love and stories and Mm. stories, which is what you asked. I know. (laughs) So, um, you know, the, the the history of the body people i'll start there and then tell you a little bit about um my time with them mm-hmm. uh, just a couple weeks ago now uh the history of the body people is uh quite extraordinary and um you know for many 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 years they uh their the, the translation of body is is the musical people they are known to be the the dancers the singers the poets the artists um of of Nepal and in fact kings and queens would bring them in to when the monarchy was um in full swing uh, they would they were the entertainers for kings and queens and very, you know, people that had money to bring them in for, for weddings. They, they would hire the body to come and uh, entertain them because they just um, are captivating and beautiful and creative. And uh, they are the people that remind other people of, of the mystery and the beauty that is in the world. Um, And then when the monarchy collapsed, um, the body people then really lost their livelihood. Their their sole source of livelihood had really been for um, entertaining the kings and queens, and that's how they made their money and bought their food. And actually, where they many of them lived, they lived in the palaces, so wow. they also became homeless. Um, and over time, what happened was as they became um, more and more impoverished and more and more desperate. Um, also coinciding with this was, uh, the caste system and, uh, they got placed in the lowest of the low in what's Mm. called the Dalits, the Dalits, D-A-L-I-T, um, the lowest caste, and they are actually the lowest in the lowest caste. So they became called the dust of Nepal, the untouchables of the untouchables. And um, 
became, you know, they, they were, uh, still actually do not own land, but they, you know, had to find a place to live. And so they built up these kind of, um, shanty villages on the side of roads mm-hmm. and, and the unwanted, most unwanted, you know, places in Nepal on, on riverbeds that would swell and, and flood. And, um, out of their kind of desperation, um, they began, it became this very, very complicated mix of needing to, um, have livelihoods, have a way to make mm-hmm. money. And they began selling their, daughters and mothers and grandmothers even, um, for sex, uh, in village brothels. And then over time, um, they became targeted by human traffickers and they became, uh, trafficked into places all over Southeast Asia, but largely India. Um, such that until uh, starting the stories I heard was 100, 150 years ago, um, mm. truly the only livelihood available for uh, women was as a sex slave. And that became the sole work that, that, would, that a woman that was expected of a body woman and that a body woman would expect for herself. Um, and so that is, um, you know, until, when, when, these, uh, this community asked me to write their book, write their stories mm-hmm. in a book. Um, they are the first generation of body women to break out of this cultural expectation, this mm-hmm. reality. Um, and they wanted to tell the story of both what has been the reality of body, which was what I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and be the change makers that began to write a new story um, and live a new story as women, as body women, um, that was one of freedom and dignity and um, strength. And that is truly who they are. Wow. Uh, when I listen to you and, and we're, we're listening to something as well that is deeply historical and also like culturally ingrained in people to see other people mm. as being less, you know, and yes. other people as being untouchable. And yes. uh, some movies have been made and we see it, people see it in films or maybe I've read about it in books. Yeah. But this is a reality. It's not based on a movie. It's not based on a book. This is a reality. And yep. even though I wanted to ask, you know, the caste system that, you know, was prevalent in Nepal, that is not legal anymore, is it? It's not supposed to be right. continuing, right? Right. Hmm. It's not legal, but it is very much alive. Mm. In fact, um, Debbie Sarahana body, who's our lead storyteller and really my, my primary collaborator for this, um, the writing of this book over the last seven years, just about eight weeks ago, she was kicked out of her apartment because her landlord found out that she was body Mm. and she did not want to share the same water source with a low caste person. She didn't want, um, to be cooking in the same building where a body was cooking. She wanted nothing. She wanted nothing uh, to do with um, a body person in her uh, apartment building. So Hannah lost, literally had 24 hours to get out of her apartment, 
she threw all of her plants off the you know third floor where she lived um and crashed them you know in the grounds below and shouted at her and Mm. literally one week prior they had been sitting and having a cup of tea and talking about you know political you know what was happening politically Mm. in nepal just as friends but she didn't realize at that moment that she was talking to a low caste woman and the moment she did everything changed Mm. so it is very i mean that's that that yeah there's there's stories upon stories upon stories yeah. of the the current reality of caste still impacting how people are treated as you say you know as less than hmm. today hmm. in nepal so there's much to be done much so much to be done and speaking of that and you also talking about hannah whose voice is so powerful and so strong i've had such a huge privilege to read the book and to experience mm-hmm. the stories of these women who so bravely tell the stories in in the book stories that's difficult to hear but stories yeah. that's necessary and also there's hope you know there's such hope and and speaking of you know Hannah and also speaking of the fact that this caste system is illegal but still very much alive culturally yeah. alive you know alive just happening yourself and Hannah you got to meet the president of Nepal right you just said earlier on that you were in Nepal yeah. and she She's actually a yes. female. <laughs> She's actually a woman. Tell us a bit yeah. about that and, and, you know, when you got to, to speak up and to speak about, you know, and to share about the book and the stories and Hannah getting to share. You yes. know, t- tell us a bit about that. Like, what was the response? Because, again, you're confronting the president of a nation with, with actually what is happening. This is mm-hmm. oppression. You know, we got to yeah. do better. You yeah. should be doing better. But we've also yeah. got to be doing better. So, how did that happen? You know, what was the response? You know, was it good? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, um, as I was thinking about, um, the show and, uh, I was actually just praying, you know, what, um, what stories of the thousands, you know, as you and I are storytellers, which stories to tell. Um, I, I'm so glad you mentioned hope and connected it with this uh, moment that we had with the right honorable president of Nepal, because hope was a word that came up that I really wanted Mm. to to, um, speak uh, over this story, um, which is full of really, really difficult realities of of, uh, women being enslaved and trafficked and um, brutally treated in brothels in India. and that is definitely true. But as you said, Lauren, there is such, um, with these, with our storytellers, what we talked about was all, so all of them were trafficked and then all of them escaped or were rescued. And one of the themes that they were rock solid, like laser focused about was they wanted to make sure that we told the truth Mm-hmm. satya is truth in nepali they they wanted this story to be a hundred percent satya and they wanted to make sure that we pulled a thread of hope through this book because they said you know maybe readers or listeners have know nothing about human trafficking mm-hmm. or have not been human trafficked themselves but everyone has struggles in life everyone has dreams you know this book took seven years for us to write and there were times where where we had hit obstacle after obstacle and we thought oh my gosh is this ever gonna you know are we ever gonna do this Mm -hmm. and so it took some tenacity and some hope and so what we what i want to mention 
before I tell the story about the president is to those of us and to those of you that are listening who have a dream that seems really deferred, <laughs> taken way too long, or are um, in a place of, of true suffering and uh, desolation in your spirit, uh, our hope in this book and in this conversation is that your heart, that your spirit gets truly encouraged um, and that you yourself feel uh, this thread, this beacon of hope that I believe is, is, is true, is present for each and every one of us on the planet and that our storytellers held, held high um, during the writing of this book. And that actually, I believe, is what opened the door for us to walk into the private residence of the, she's called the Right Honorable President. It's kind of the, the three words that are needed <laughs> to address her correctly, I learned, <laughs> through saying just president once. Um, and we were, we, we wrote a letter to her before I got there and uh, told her about our story, told her about our, our collaboration from Nepal and, and United States over the last seven years, told about this thread of hope and this uh, purposeful uh, intention to be 100% satya, 100% mm -hmm. truthful in telling this story so that freedom would come to the women of Nepal to the, the body women and truly to women around the world who are suffering mm -hmm. oppression. And she responded because I believe um, we were granted favor truly from the hand of God. We were granted favor um, in her in her yes, <laughs> say yes, mm. come. And she invited all of our storytellers, our five heroic storytellers to come into her. There was a, a press room right off of her private residence. And we came and, and they each, each of our storytellers had a bouquet of flowers and they walked up to the, the president, their president of Nepal mm. and handed her flowers. And the president bowed her head to them with great honor and honored each one of them one by one by one. And then Hannah and I, our lead storyteller, and I were asked to give a speech, which the mm -hmm. president listened to and, and some other, you know, uh, dignitaries of Nepal, uh, which was a great honor and privilege to be able to be an outsider, you know, an American in Nepal and, and given an audience and given a microphone yeah. to share. Um, and she responded with great affirmation and great, um, uh, I mean, she, she said, I hope this is um, the beginning of more hmm. collaboration with you all. And uh, she really spoke, gave some mad props to Hannah hmm. after her speech. And um, to me, she said, I'm really in awe that you as an outsider, as an American would spend seven years to give voice to our women, to our women of our women of Nepal. Um, and she locked eyes with me a couple times and I just felt a lot of love and compassion and connection with her. She was speaking in Nepali, mm -hmm. um, the language of Nepal. And, um, she had some notes that she, I guess she normally kind of refers to her notes and reads her speeches. And 
she was speaking from her heart off the cuff in response mm-hmm. to, to this experience. And it was quite a, uh, quite an honor. Mm-hmm. And it also felt like, yeah, this seems also right that, that the president of Nepal, who is a woman, mm-hmm. who is herself a, a human rights and a, an activist for women, she has been that for her entire life. And she was born poor. She was not kind of uh, an elite person at birth. And I think she could tell the flavor in our story uh, that, that we were wanting to tell that story to the world. And I think she wanted to help us do that. So it was kind of a beautiful collaboration is what it felt like to me. Hmm. You know, I, I just feel like I need a moment. I just feel really moved by the story. And I can almost hmm. picture this whole entire scene going down there. Yeah. <laughs> painted that picture for me and can I can picture it I feel like I need to take a moment I'm going to give the listeners a moment to listen to some music you know but we don't want you to go anywhere we want you just to you know meditate and just reflect on what Sarah also shared and, and shared not only you know what we're talking about addressing the present of Nepal but also that message of hope you know for we see the world right now and we know that there's so much suffering we know that we all go through those struggles but again Sarah referencing as well that thread of hope and I, I just want to take a moment and just share this song and hope that you can just take this time to just reflect on is God, you know, sewing and threading this mm. thread of hope in your story? You know, where is it? You know, what is God saying to you right now? How is mm. he giving you fresh hope today? Because that's what we also want you to experience. And so enjoy this song. Be in this moment with us. Be in the presence of God with us. But don't go anywhere because Sarah is still with me after this. So we'll see you after the song. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today. And I'm with the incredible Sarah Davison Tracy. And we have been talking about her latest book, No Longer Untouchable, and the stories of the woman who have been sharing, we're going to get a little bit into those stories now, but have been shared in the book, and also just the experience of hope. And I really pray that as you took time during that song to reflect on what is God saying to you today? How Mm. is he threading that hope in your life right now? I pray that you've experienced a touch from him in this moment. And so Sarah, that's what I wanted to you know, oh, it's going to be so difficult to, you know, kind of summarize five Mm. incredible deep stories. But you really encountered, and maybe that's part of where I'm going to share from today. When you, you know, met Hannah and these beautiful storytellers, you know, they have stories, like you said, of kidnapping, trafficking, Mm. incredibly difficult stories that are so hard not only to read or to hear about but to realize that these women have lived through how did you meet them and what moved you to saying yes because when a people approach you and say hey you can write a book about the body people and about our daughters that's a big deal right i mean that is (laughs) that is that is like something big you know put into your hands but how how did you come to be involved and how did you, you know, meet the people of Nepal yes. and realize that, oh my gosh, God has positioned me to tell these stories? Yeah, it's, it began in no way with me having a sense that a book was going to be a part of this story. So what happened was a friend of mine had made a film 
about the body people actually and about human trafficking. And he was on a, a global film tour and had a film stop planned here in the state of Colorado where I live. And he knew that my family and I love community and love um, just gathering people to share stories and to share a meal and um, yeah, just develop friendship and, and uh, have, have conversation. And so he asked me if we would host um, the team of uh, storytellers that were a part of his film uh, um, when they came through the state of Colorado for their film stop. So they stayed with us for a week. This was about seven years ago. And um, we had a week of uh, gatherings in our home, university lectures all over the city. And, um, you know, just over the course of, you know, late night, conversations, you know, over a cup of tea or an early morning conversation over a cappuccino or, you know, cooking dinner together, just kind of everyday life stuff. Um, there was this very palpable, uh, connection and love that was fostered very quickly between me and this community, this team from Nepal. And on one of the days when we were heading to one of their lectures to talk about the film and share their story, um, we were at a stoplight. I was driving. I remember it just vividly right where we were on the road. And um, one of my friends said, hey, can you stop the music? We were listening to Bollywood music and kind of dancing and singing as we made our way to the to the university. <laughs> so we killed the music. <laughs> and, um, and they said, uh, Sarah we have been praying and kind of scanning the world for five years for the person to write our story. And we think that person is you, wow. would you consider writing our story? And I kind of said, just what you said, Lorna, like, <laughs> in my head, like, wow. And, um, and honestly, in that moment, even though there were, there was a cacophony in my head of, of reasons that there could be someone better than me mm -hmm. to write this tale. You know, someone that spoke Nepali, someone from Nepal, perhaps someone with their PhD and, you know, cast and, mm. you know, women's history in Nepal or the body people, I, all kinds of someone more, more mm. X, Y, and Z than me in my heart. There was this immediate yes. And I asked them, I, I, I first of all said, thank you. And I have this strong desire to say yes, but let's pray about this for a couple mm -hmm. days together while we're together and give ourselves just a little time to allow God to solidify this yes in us. And um, that happened for me. And I needed that yes to be solidified mm -hmm. because as I said, um, we did not plan for this journey to, to be a seven year book <laughs> journey. Um, but what I love about this is I already mentioned it once, but it's just so important because I think so many of our dreams, um, take longer or take shape in a different way than we expect. This one certainly did for me. And, um, but what, you know, we just, I just returned from the book lunch in Nepal here a couple of weeks ago and over and over and over again, I lost track of counting. I saw the reason mm. on 
on on the why on God's the gift of Jesus to us to wait patiently to persevere to not give up but to not be impatient to not push to not hustle to not force our timing and just trust mm-hmm. that the timing of Jesus would be right um, it would be beyond our wildest dreams. I did know that, even though at times I got a little shaky because mm. I'm human and I thought, yeah. this is not my plan. Yeah. <laughs> or what am I doing wrong? Or what's what's happening here? Mm. But, oh my goodness, Lauren, it was amazing because we we would not have had an audience with the president's, president mm. before wow. this yeah. very time. And, um, and we, both Hannah and I, and our storytellers, I think, were truly being prepared individually to be able to stand mm. as we needed to stand um, during this book launch in Nepal. And I think the floodgates are just barely opening for all of us to be able to share this story around the world. And I think we had some preparation to do to get ready yeah. for this. Yeah. So mm. It's been. I like, love this. That's right time. <laughs> that I didn't ask for or want. Yeah, I love this, and uh, it speaks to me as well, though today, you know. And I, I think it's it's so important to be, like you said, though, because we're human, we can be thinking to ourselves, like, what have I done wrong? Or there must be someone better out there yeah. to do this than me, right? I mean, and or it, there's so many things that go on in our minds. It's so encouraging, though, to hear this. And I also wanted to ask, you know, what is Hannah and the other girls up to now, you know, after writing yes. these stories uh, and, yes. you know, you know, it, it is so brilliant to sit and I know it's going to be, it is probably very difficult, but to sit in there saying, you know what, we are breaking, you know, what we've had for generations. We are being yeah. those cycle breakers. You know, we yeah. are saying no more. Our body woman, body girl is going to be living yeah. like this. We are making that change and it's yeah. actually changing a mindset, changing a culture, yes. ultimately yes. changing a nation, changing a yes. people, changing yes. it from, you know, from the very top to the very bottom. It's changing all these things. And I would mm-hmm. love to know now what are Hannah and the girls up to? You know, are they, yeah. you know, working? Yes. What, are, what are your sisters up to? Oh my gosh. I, as you asked that, I literally got tears in my eyes and goosebumps because they are up to so much. They just inspire me to my core. Um, Hannah is um, finishing her uh, bachelor's on her way to her master's. She has dreams Mm, of being moving her way, moving up in the political. um, Ultimately, she would like to be prime minister of Nepal. And um, she is doing all kinds of things to prepare herself to be able to be equipped to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think she is the sort Mm -hmm. of human being that indeed can do that. Um, One of her sisters uh, is the first body woman, body human being actually, to own property in Kathmandu. Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, One of her other sisters and our storytellers Um, just got married when I was in Nepal. She got married to the man Mm -hmm. who was her most, uh, most loyal, most frequent customer when she was in the brothels in New Delhi. And he himself helped her escape. He himself helped her children escape. And he came to know Jesus and his life has been completely transformed. And he has said, I want to, 
start my life here in, in, in Nepal with you, raise a family with you, um, be husband and wife with you. They just got married. It was the first Christian marriage, Christian mm-hmm. wedding in the history of the body village. She had a white, beautiful Whoa. dress and they gave vows before God and before their family and people danced. We danced until like five <laughs> hours. Um, and it was just a celebration unlike anything I have ever experienced before. Um, and the thing I want to mention is all five of our storytellers in this book, um, have come to know Jesus Mm -hmm. as have most of their families through them. And all five of them would say that, um, the thread of hope in their lives, that is the strongest, that is the most secure, that is the most, uh, sure when when life gets hard because life is still hard mm. <laughs> for for yeah. many of them um, is Jesus and uh, they would say also they have told me over and over that they believe stories are important that's why they were courageous and wrote this book with me and told their stories and stood before the president and um, did what mm-hmm. they did to, to go public yeah. but they would say they have said that the the problems, the darkness is so systemic in their people, in, among the body and among other low caste communities. Mm-hmm. They believe that Jesus is the one mm-hmm. that can bring true hope, that can bring true love and light and freedom uh, and and transform, as you mentioned, Lauren, the, the systemic cultural beliefs mm-hmm. that set them up to believe <laughs> that mm-hmm. it was... Um, a good idea to sell their daughters over and yeah. over and over again and to build their whole community on that as their economic means for livelihood. Hmm. And so anyway, they, they are some of the fiercest lovers of Jesus that I have ever met because Jesus truly, they have, they would also say is the one that has saved their lives hmm. like physically and, and truly brought healing that is, that they all needed to be able to recover from what they experienced on the brothels Hmm. in the brothels of New Delhi. Hmm. Wow, Sarah, this is, uh, we can, I just feel like we can, I just want to give God the glory as well for this, because like you said, I mean, just to, just to be able to, for them to share their stories and like you said, go public with your story that's a, yeah. a level of bravery and courage that you need to be able to do that. You know, go public with so much, so much of the pain that you've been through and the things that have happened. And I believe that God has, God has been in at this, you know, in that whole yes. journey, you know, seven years ago, you guys meeting, knowing God giving you that. Yes. And let you find that even through the hard yeah. times and everything i just i just really want to say that i just really glorify him today and i'm so grateful for the lives of these women these incredible women and just how jesus has saved them and what he has done in them and through them and will i believe continue to do not only in this generation but in the next generation and for their generations that are Mm -hmm. coming you know what God is going to do through them now for the impact mm-hmm. of generations to come. And also I, I really just 
want to honor you, Sarah, for saying yes and for mm-hmm. that desire that you have to tell stories, but not only to tell stories, but to have that heart for people and to welcome people into your space as well and to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people feel safe around you and to be able to share that story. And it's such an incredible thing. And I, I just am, feel so blessed today just to be able to hear and to witness and to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited for the future as well. I'm going to hear more. We're going to hear more. And yes. what's going to happen through this book? And there's going to be so much more. And I know that. And, you know, it's just going to be incredible. And I just want, I, I can't believe our time has come to an end. And I would just love, I know that here in South Africa, maybe someone is sitting and saying, I want to read these stories. I want to read about mm-hmm. Hannah's story. I want to read about these women's stories because yeah. these stories also can speak to my story. We know yes. that, you know, women experience so, so much oppression around the world. We know, you know, abuse, yeah. domestic violence, for example, rape, sexual mm-hmm. assault, and just consistent human trafficking is so big in South Africa as well. Mm-hmm. So many, so much of those struggles, so much of those sufferings, and these stories give hope and can speak to the stories even of women here in South Africa and around yes. the world. So if someone wants to grab a copy of the book, how do they do that? Yes, yes. Well, uh, it's up on Amazon and it's available um in print around much of the world and ebook around the around the globe and we're working right now on an audiobook version which will be available globally mm-hmm. um, and if anyone wants to buy you know bundles of autographed copies by me um, we can include that in the show notes and I would love I will ship those anywhere in the world if you have a book club or a faith community that wants to um, buy a bundle of these I'll autograph them with so much love and send them your way that is awesome. So do people yeah. do that via w- your website? Could they yeah. get in touch with you? What's the Absolutely. website? Absolutely. On the website, it's sarahdavisontracy.org, S-A-R-A-H-D-A-V-I-S-O-N-T-R-A-C-Y.org. Mm. You'll see all, all the details there. Sarah, I want to say thank you so much for inviting yeah. us into this space today and for thank really you. telling these stories to us, but also you know, your story of walking this journey as well, which is just as important as well as hearing mm-hmm. and hearing the hope that God threads through our lives. And also, you know, knowing that he is always at work in our lives and that always. he is always doing something. Mm-hmm. And I would love to ask you today to end off with a prayer or a blessing for us today as we come to the end of, of you know, mm-hmm. our conversation. I'd love to, to ask you to do that for us today. I would love that. And I I do want to say that, Lauren, you have been a part of this book's journey from the beginning and championed and encouraged me when my spirits were getting a little wondering if this was um, (laughs) if this was meant to be, if this was my story to tell. And so I do want to make sure that everyone knows I don't think we can do much of anything alone. Mm -hmm. And so um, make sure to everyone listening, whatever dream is in your heart, gather a person or a circle of sisters and brothers around you that you can share your whole heart and that they can cheerlead and speak wisdom and be a part of of your story because I just, I couldn't have done this by myself, that is for sure. Um, But I I do have a blessing. This this came to me right as we started our show, actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to trust that this is, this is the blessing. This is from Isaiah 58, verse 10. 
And um, God says this, if you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. So I want to just bless Mm. all of us to find ways to um, be generous with the sort of hospitality and generosity that has been poured upon us by Jesus, whether that's to people in our own homes or people in our neighborhoods or people far around the world, whatever it is, and, and to really lean into and to trust that that will mean that there will be a sort of glow that takes place in our lives and we get bathed in sunlight, which is quite a promise. So I bless with with that glow, each and every person listening. Amen and amen. I just want to say amen to that. <laughs> Sarah, I don't want you to go today, but I have to let you go. <laughs> but you know what? Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a blessing. And I know in the years to come, we're going to do a follow-up and we're going to say, this is what God did. You know, yeah. and this is what we are experiencing even now. It's yeah. going to be amazing. So Sarah, thank you so much. God bless thank you. Thank you, sister. And take thank care. you. Thank you so much, Sarah, for praying for us, for blessing us today on the show, blessing us not only with scripture, but also with your heart, with your passion. And I'm just so happy, you know, that people like Sarah are alive in our world, that God is using people to tell the stories that he wants us to connect with. When we hear those stories, they, you know, are not just stories anymore. When we meet the people who have experienced certain realities that we only hear about or, you know, see maybe on the news or the media or an article we read, those stories really become real to us. And I pray today that those stories have really become real. And when you, you know, read Sarah's book, that those stories and those voices of those women who share their stories so bravely and vulnerably will become real stories to you. I'm really, really encouraged to think about something that Sarah said to me earlier on before the show. And she said that, you know, yes, she was in Nepal recently and, you know, in the villages and meeting different people. And she asked, because sometimes we, we meet people and we hear hard stories and we see their pain and we don't really know always what to do or what God expects from us. But she asked, God, what are you up to here? What are you doing in this person's pain? What are you up to in this village? And I really encourage you to take that with you today. You know, we are living in a world where there's incredible suffering whether it be the refugee crisis we now see, and that's happening in many different countries, whether it be this real pain and crisis of war that's ongoing in Ukraine, whether it is, you know, the Yemeni people who are suffering because of the refugee crisis in their country, or the Syrian people, or the crises that we continue to see in in South Sudan, in Burma, in Myanmar, in Thailand, These are realities and those are just some countries I've just mentioned. We need to realize today that we must continue praying. We must continue to seek God, but we must also continue to seek action and to say, God, what are you doing in the pain that we see? But also, what is the part that you want me to play right now in this place? So I pray that you'll take that with you and that you'll look for the moments and look for the people and look for the situations where God is asking you to act. And that's another thing I believe that we can take from Sarah's life today, that she was in a space where God brought people along her path that said, we've been praying for years that the right person will share our story. Will you share our story? Will you be that person? 
And you know, Sarah didn't go out seeking for it. It came to her, but her heart was open, open to people, open to love people and open to be a vessel used by God. So my prayer is for you today that you yourself will be a mighty vessel, a mighty tool for him, and that you will be used by God to maybe change nations, to change a community, to change a church culture or a society, to change your workplace or your family. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, may you go and do it and live that big life that God is calling you to live. Take care. It's been a blessing to be with you. And until next time, may God bless you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.